2: We were at a wedding, and many of us kids were playing on the stairway in San Francisco, California. And all of a sudden, we saw a man uh, walking by with newspapers in his hand, yelling, Extra! Extra! Read all about it! Japs bomb
3: Pearl Harbor. This is Shigori Yabu. Everyone has always called him Shig. Today, he's 89 years old. He was 9 years old on December seventh, nineteen 1941, when he learned that the Imperial Japanese Navy Air Service had attacked an American naval base in Hawaii.
2: We didn't know where Pearl Harbor was. We didn't know what the situation was. And uh, so consequently, uh, we went inside the house at the wedding to inform them that the uh, Japan bombed Pearl Harbor,
3: so when you when you went into the wedding to to report this news, do you remember the the look on your parents' face? Do you remember the, how the adults looked when they heard this news?
2: Well, I don't think it was fearful. It was just shocking.
3: The Secretary of the u s. Navy announced that the attack had been made possible by, quote, the most effective fifth-column work of the entire war. The idea of a fifth column refers to any group within a larger group, secretly acting to undermine it. In this case, Americans were told that there were Japanese and Japanese-Americans living in the U.S. who had assisted or enabled the attack on Pearl Harbor. A leading general named John DeWitt said, there isn't such a thing as a loyal Japanese, and it is just impossible to determine their loyalty by investigation. It just can't be done. Hours after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, the FBI began arresting Japanese-American community leaders — more than 1,200 people — and froze their assets. Sheik Yabu's family watched what was happening. His parents owned a dry-cleaning business on Divisadero Street in San Francisco. He says they had to leave their home and business and move in with another family in a section of San Francisco called Japantown. Shig had to change schools. He remembers his teacher throwing a farewell party before he moved. She made cupcakes.
2: And what was embarrassing to me was she was crying because I was leaving. I guess she knew more about the war situation than I did.
3: On February 19, 1942, President Franklin D. Roosevelt issued an executive order that allowed the government to remove anyone deemed a threat to national security from designated military areas. Weeks later, General John DeWitt ordered the forced evacuation of anyone with Japanese ancestry from these military areas which included San Francisco. Sheikh's parents told him that they would be leaving the apartment and leaving San Francisco. He says they were scared because his stepfather was in the country illegally, which they feared put him at even more risk.
2: That was our f- first fear. Uh, the second fear was I had a... Uh, well, inside of the toolbox there was a jackknife, And prior to that, we saw a movie where they threw the jackknife against a a person. And so we would, as a young boy, practice throwing the jackknife into a fence, trying to make it stick. What happened was my parents looked all over for that jackknife because we figured the FBI was going to come and inspect. All of our belongings.
3: His family had to sell or give away most of their possessions, even their furniture. They couldn't take much with them. Shig couldn't bring his pets. He had to find someone to take care of them. Leaving them behind was the hardest part, he says, because he was an only child, and they were his family. His friend Russell said he would take care of Shig's pets, which included a dog, canary, turtle and goldfish.
2: Now that was the last time I saw my animals, my pets.
3: Shaken, and his family, along with hundreds of other Japanese-Americans, were taken by train to a detention center, the Pomona Assembly Center, on the Los Angeles County Fairgrounds. It was a temporary stop, while the government constructed larger, more permanent facilities. There were 14 to 16 of these temporary camps around the country mostly located on fairgrounds or racetracks. Shake and his family spent four months there, sharing one room with another family of four. It was the middle of summer, and Shig says no one was used to the Los Angeles heat. Food was scarce, and people would wait in long lines just to be assured they would get a meal. And then, one day, Shig's family was told that they were moving again. But no one would tell them where they were going. They were taken to the train station and put on the train. The windows on the train were covered.
2: Some people said it was so that the people on the outside won't throw rocks at us or maybe they didn't want us to know where we were going. But I grew up as a young boy going to the movies, Cowboys and Indian. So in the curtain and in between the window, I could see out. And what was I looking for? Either a cowboy or Indian. Then all of a sudden, someone mentioned, we are going to Wyoming. Well, we stayed four days and four nights in the train. And most of the time, during World War, freight train had priority. So we had to stay on the sidetrack until that freight train went by. So the the freight train, we may have to wait an hour or more. And that's why it took us four days and four nights. And, uh, And I remember we stopped at Billings, Montana. It was a group of boys and girls, maybe around 10 or 12 of them. We told the boys and girls, come on over, talk to us. Instead, they walked backwards a couple of steps. Fear. They probably never seen so many Japanese in their lives.
3: Shake and his parents were taken to an internment camp that was called the Heart Mountain Relocation Center. It was in the upper west corner of Wyoming, not far from Yellowstone. It was over 700 acres. There were more than 450 barracks surrounded by barbed wire fences and guard towers. It was one of 10 internment camps the government had built.
2: And my first thought was, I'm going to get lost. How am I going to find my barrack? Uh, Fortunately, it was very simple. They had different blocks. Uh, They were numbered. Uh, and compartments, so uh, you couldn't get lost if if, if you knew wh- what you're looking for. And when we arrived at the barrack, we walked in, and my parents sat on the bed with army blankets on. There was no chair, no tables, no furniture, no water. Uh, But we did have two items that I remember. Way up high from the ceiling hung a dim light bulb. And near the wall, you see a brand new potbelly stove.
3: Schick began learning his way around, finding out where the mess hall was, learning the protocol for using the shared showers and bathrooms. He also discovered the recreation area, where he and other kids would spend hours playing marbles together. They also had to get used to the Wyoming weather, which was much different than San Francisco. They arrived at Heart Mountain in the fall and quickly realized it was a whole different climate.
2: When it got 28 below zero, the adults placed dirt, a rectangular shape, a large... Area, filled it with water, and in the morning it became ice. So we learned to ice skate.
3: When the weather got warmer, Shig says they spent their days playing basketball and football, softball, just finding ways to pass the time. He started collecting bugs. He found a bug that he thought he would try and make his pet. Then it tried to sting him, and he realized it was a scorpion. And then, one day, Shig and his friend Akihiro decided to go and explore the guard towers that line the perimeter of the camp. Shig and his friend thought that they might go and ask the guards if they could see their weapons. Then they realized there was a hole in the fence. They started squeezing themselves through it to sneak out of camp. They invited other kids and would hike down to a riverbed to play or go swimming in the river. One day, they brought slingshots and marbles and decided to go hunting. And that's when they saw the nest of a magpie. Magpies are pretty birds. They're black, with white patches on their wings and a long tail. When their wings are extended, you can see feathers which look bluish-green. They're social birds, loud, constantly making noise. They can be a pest. It's said that magpies have long been associated with people and would sometimes follow Native American tribes while out on hunting parties. They're found all over the West. At one time, ranchers and farmers tried to exterminate magpies. It didn't work. So one of the kids said, I wonder who could hit that nest,
2: magpie nest, way up high. So all of us are shooting... And eventually that nest started to weave, move, back and forth. It fell all the way down to the ground, at least 35 feet. And I wanted to see what inside of a bird nest looked like, a magpie nest. I looked in, little did I realize, a magpie looked at me. I looked at the magpie, the baby magpie bird. It started to... to beg for food. And we looked around for bugs. We didn't know what the magpie bird ate. From the Shoshone River, we dipped our hands and put water into the mouth of the uh, magpie bird. And it got a... uh, crawled out of the nest. And One of the older boys next to me said, you know, that bird is going to die. I said, how do you know? because the mother bird cannot lift that baby bird up to another magpie nest. And so I guess I had a deep feeling about this magpie bird because what happened back with my own parents.
3: Sheikh says his mother had raised him alone until he was four, she found work cooking and cleaning for a rich family. They made her live in their home, and so Shig lived with a babysitter most of the time. Except for Sundays, when his mother would come and get him, and they'd go to the park, they'd stay together all day. When it got dark, she would walk him back to the babysitter's house, and then she would walk back to the home of the family that she worked for. Seeing the baby magpie, who couldn't get back to its mother, meant something to him. So it was
2: hot summer. Because it was hot, and this is a baby magpie bird, I put my t-shirt into the Shoshone River, put the ice-cold shirt on myself, put the bird so it won't get hot, and we walked back towards Heart Mountain. Uh, There was no trail. Walked along the creek and eventually came to the barbed wires. So we all took turns lifting up the barbed wire, spreading it, and we all crawled back into the relocation center.
3: Schick says that he immediately started calling the magpie Maggie, When he got the magpie back to his barrack, his mother told him to take it right back to where he had found it. She told him that the baby bird was very likely going to die. But just then, Shick's stepfather came in and convinced his mother to let the bird stay. They got some food from the mess hall and water and started feeding the baby magpie. His stepfather built the bird a cage from leftover scrap wood they found. And every morning...
2: She could hear, Maggie could hear people walking towards the restroom and back, into the mess hall and back. Some people had to go to school, others went to work. What she was trying to do was get the interns to come and visit her and talk with the bird. So when I went to school or played with my friends, I would always say, hello Maggie. When I return, I will also say, hello, Maggie. And that bird one day said, hello, Maggie. I thought, well, wait a minute. This is a wild bird, a baby bird. And I said it again, hello, Maggie. And the bird said, hello, Maggie. Wow, a bird that could talk.
3: I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. There were over 10,000 people incarcerated at the Hart Mountain internment camp. And Schick says that very quickly, word started spreading about this talking bird. People started visiting their barrack to come and see if it was actually true.
2: So that bird got all kinds of People of all ages visiting. And Maggie really enjoyed having visitors. They would say, Come on, Maggie. And Maggie would say, Come on, Maggie. My mother, she didn't work. And each day she would say, What you doing? And Maggie would say, what you doing? And the two sounded like they were fighting, arguing. Uh, I didn't understand what they were yelling about, screaming at each other. But years later, I found out both Maggie and my mother we're the best of friends. At the beginning, I would open the cage door, place my hand, and the natural instinct of a bird is to peck, protect himself. I didn't mind. I got attention from the bird. The bird got attention from me. Then I got thinking. I remember in San Francisco with a dog I pet the dog's head, top of the head, and loved it. And I said, well, this is a bird. I'm going to pet the bird on the head, not knowing what it's going to do other than possibly peck my hands again. When I use my finger, pet the bird's head, that magpie had leaned backwards. Her pupils disappeared. It was completely white and enjoyed being petted. And now, with my fist, that bird jumped on my fist, walked up my arms all the way to my shoulder, and we looked at each other eye to eye, Wow. Just that little petting, a little attention, a little affection, a little... It meant a lot to her. that bird. It meant a lot to me.
3: Maggie wasn't Shig's only pet. He also had a toad, a lizard, and a salamander. He started an ant farm. There was a dog that Maggie liked two barracks over, and his friend Arthur kept a rattlesnake. His neighbor next door had two pigeons. Maggie began spending more time outside of the barracks on the arm of Shig, or sitting next to his mother. The bird learned to mimic just about anything that she heard. Shig says she especially liked listening to teenagers whistling.
2: And one of the things they did was whistle short, simple tunes. And Maggie learned these little, simple, short tunes. But her favorite tune was the wolf call.
3: Maggie began imitating the teenage boys who would whistle after girls as they walked by.
2: And all of a sudden, this lovely girl will stop and look around to see if she knew that boy or guy whistling she would never find that person because it was a bird in that cage doing that wolf call. And of course, my mother would laugh because uh, how many people will figure out it was a bird that could do a wolf call. The adults, especially the seniors, would come by, and usually a lady, a Japanese lady, elderly. When they laugh, they put their hands on their mouths and not very loud, softly, will laugh. Maggie will imitate the exact laughter. Well, that lady was not only amused, but shocked. She would burst out laughing. And guess what? Maggie did the same, loud and clear laughter. But what was amazing was two elderly Japanese ladies sitting on the stairway talking in Japanese, and they both laughed, covering their mouths. Maggie would go between the two ladies and it would sound like there was three Japanese ladies laughing, uh, talking in Japanese and laughing, talking in Japanese and laughing. And we would laugh because if we didn't look, we assumed that there was three Japanese ladies. No, two Japanese ladies one magpie bird.
3: Shake says that eventually Maggie would move freely around the camp, stopping at tables to watch people play marbles, which she would try to steal, or visiting the barrack where the dog lived.
2: And she knew that it wasn't where she lived. But a man would come by and say, come on, Maggie, follow me. I'll take you back to where you belong, and the two will talk back and forth. And immediately when she saw the barrack where she lived, she could identify, she knew she was home. Every single day, my stepfather, my mother, myself, neighbors, uh, people visiting, they all felt a connection with this bird. And I believe the bird enjoyed company. Likewise, the people that saw Maggie enjoyed. And I didn't realize this. After leaving camp, Until their death, my parents talked about Maggie their entire life.
3: Support for This Is Love comes from Indeed. Hiring someone new can sometimes feel like finding a missing puzzle piece. The right person can complete a team, but the search can take a long time and sometimes it feels entirely up to chance. Indeed is designed to help you find that perfect match much easier and much faster. Indeed's matching engine learns from your preferences for job candidates and becomes more accurate over time. That means the more you use it, the better it gets. You also don't need to worry about the busy work of hiring. Indeed will help you with scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Listeners to this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash this is love. Just go to indeed.com slash this is love right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash this is love. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Vacations can be tricky. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. In 1943,
3: about seven months after Shig and his family were taken to Heart Mountain, an editorial about the internment of Japanese and Japanese Americans appeared in the Washington Post. It read, The panic of Pearl Harbor is now past. Whatever excuse there once was for evacuating and holding them, indiscriminately, no longer exists. Later that year, Attorney General Francis Biddle wrote in a letter to President Roosevelt that the present practice of keeping loyal American citizens in concentration camps on the basis of race is dangerous and repugnant to the principles of our government. But nothing changed an estimated 120,000 Japanese and Japanese-Americans were incarcerated in camps around the United States. Yabu kept up with what was going on with the war, and eventually he saw newsreels of Germany's surrender and saw clips of the U.S. Air Force bombing the islands around Japan, then Iwo Jima. And then, on August 15, 1945, the sirens went off at Heart Mountain, They'd never been used before.
2: Loud, clear, and not for a minute. It, it was such a long duration. I would say maybe 15, 20, even longer minutes. And we were outside playing basketball and we heard the siren. We lay down on the dirt ground hard. We were... In tears because we were happy that the war was over so it was happiness so I do remember distinctly that particular day and the WRA said we encourage all the attorneys to leave As soon as possible, each person will receive a $25 check, a free transportation on the railroad, on the train, to any railroad station in the United States. And each week, we will go down to the, not the railroad station, but the railroad tracks, to say goodbye, good luck, wish you well. But what I remember as I was walking back towards my barrack, how lonely uh, each week five hundred or plus internees left. So the relocation
3: center we were in became vacant. Sheikh remembers that even when he and his parents were permitted to leave, they waited. There was too much uncertainty. We did
2: not leave till first part of November of 1945. And the reason for that is because My stepfather was an illegal alien. He was, how are you going to get a social security card? How are you going to find a job? Uh, So, we stayed.
3: Every day, more and more people left. Shake remembers that eventually all of his friends were gone.
2: I felt real fortunate that I had one companion. And that happened to be Maggie. So we talk, and talk. Maggie needs people. She needs people to talk to. Either way, both ways. It was Maggie that sensed how lonely it was. Yes, Maggie had myself, Shig, my mother, Hannah, and my stepfather, Joe, and that was it. Every morning, she, she was so lonely, and one day, Maggie was on the bottom of her cage with her eyes flickering. I carried her on my chest, and all I could hear behind my back my mother crying. That night, Maggie slept for the first time under my bed in the barrack. I got up early next morning because Maggie was first to get up, except Maggie went to heaven. I dug a hole, placed her favorite toys inside the hole, put my old T-shirt onto Maggie. Sadly, put back the dirt, covered Maggie up, made a mound, made a cross. I was crying. But I felt fortunate that for that short period of time, I had Maggie... To talk to you.
3: Shig and his family moved to San Mateo, not too far from San Francisco. The Immigration and Nationality Act of 1952 got rid of measures that barred Asians from becoming U.S. citizens, and Shig's stepfather became a citizen that same year. Shig went on to serve in the Navy during the Korean War and went to San Diego State College to study public health and play basketball. In 1953, he got married and had three sons. And for nearly 30 years, he worked for the Boys and Girls Clubs in California. He says that his family never stopped talking about Maggie. Maggie
2: kept the spirits up for all the internees. Uh, And when there was no more uh, internees left, She died from a broken heart. Maggie, to me, and like all my pets, it's something that the more you give, the more they give back. Many people have pets, but how many pets do you have that did so many different things? meant so much to so many people. It brought joy to them. It brought happiness. In
3: 1983, a government report concluded that not a single documented act of espionage, sabotage, or fifth-column activity was committed by an American citizen of Japanese ancestry or by a resident Japanese alien on the West Coast. And then, in 1988, President Ronald Reagan signed legislation mandating apologies and reparations to Japanese Americans who were forcibly incarcerated during World War II. Shig says he's been back to Hart Mountain 17 times or so. There's a historical center there now called the Hart Mountain Interpretive Center. You can see the remaining barracks that still stand and visit the hospital that treated all the internees. You can visit the root cellar that the internees built. You can also walk along a path of inscribed bricks at the front of the center. It's a place to honor and remember the people who were held there. On the path there, surrounded by all those names, you can see a brick that Chig dedicated. It reads, Maggie. Honored by Shiguru Yabu. Mm. This is Love is created by Lauren Spore and me. Nadia Wilson is our senior producer. Susanna Robertson is our producer. Engineering by Russ Henry. Audio mix by Michael Raphael, Johnny Vince Evans, and Rob Byers. A final, final V2. Shig's book about his time with Maggie is called Hello Maggie. You can find out more about the show by going to thisislovepodcast.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter at This Is Love Show. This Is Love is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. We're a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX, a collection of the best podcasts around. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is love. Radiotopia from PRX
1: Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running and that's not the case. Most runners hate running (laughs) but they choose to do it.